Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes of your day with me. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon, and I'm really excited to, uh, this week, take a tiny step back away from the really technical sorts of podcasts I've been doing recently. And we're going to talk Lightroom today. So I like it. I love Lightroom. I like using it. I wish Adobe would make it faster, but that's not the point. And the, I, I love working on photos in Lightroom. It's really fun. I enjoy making them, improving how they look and making corrections or changing how the photo looks to be more professional through my post-processing technique. Getting everything right in camera is super important, but there's some things you just, you can't do there. And I, I love the challenge. I love being able to do it. So we're gonna talk about one of the things that I definitely use in my in my po- own post-processing. Um, you know, some of the topics that I've covered recently in Photo Taco, I actually don't use. I know about them, I've tried them, I decide I don't like them, and I don't use them in my post-processing. But this is one that I do use. And the topic comes from Caden Klassen on our Facebook group. If you haven't joined the group, facebook.com slash group slash photo taco, you need to go join it because you're missing a huge portion of this podcast if you're not part of that group. But Caden asked in the group, if I would cover the differences between the vignette modes in Lightroom, highlight priority, color priority, paint overlay, and when you would use each one. So really like the question. It kind of reminded me that I actually haven't given any of the three modes enough attention recently. I've kind of gone away from anything but highlight priority because it's the default. And I, I should check it out a bit more just to see if I like it. But um, let's talk about then vignetting and why would you want to use it, what it is, uh, what these three modes are. Really love the question. So first off with vignetting, it's kind of the effect that you've probably noticed in some photos because some photographers in their post-processing use it more extremely than others. Their, their application of vignetting is more extreme than others. And they may have an artistic objective of, as to the reason they'll do that. It's not to say it's wrong, because it's up to you as a photographer. Your art and how it is you envision this, how it is you envision the photo as to how much you'll do it. But vignetting is where you, on the edges of the photo, will apply, make things look darker. Maybe even all the way to black in some cases. I almost never do it all the way to black, but at least darker. And you might wonder if you've used Lightroom a lot and you've applied profile corrections uh, to lenses, lens profile corrections, why would someone want to put in vignetting when part of the point of applying a lens profile is to get rid of the vignetting the lens will do? (laughs) And it's a fair question. It's not just the vignetting, the darkening that those profile corrections are doing for lenses. It's also doing other things like uh, distortion and uh, correcting, trying to apply a little bit more sharpness to the edges instead of the middle and so on. So, So there's more going on than just it gets darker, but lenses can at some f stops and some focal lengths Get, make it so that there's darker areas in the edges than the brighter areas in the middle. It'll be just captured that way when you take the photo. You're not, you may not be going for that look, and that's why the lens profile will attempt to correct it because you can feel free to add it in yourself, but it should be your decision to add it in, not something that you're forced to handle 
just because you took a picture with a, a lens at a specific f-stop. So it attempts to correct it so that you can choose to add it in if you want and how you want to add it in. So, so you may want to, that's what vignetting is. Now let's talk about the specific way that you get to the tool that Caden asked the question about. In Lightroom, if you go to the develop module, then on the right hand side, you have all your panels. And the second to last panel in the stack there is called the effects panel. And that one is where you can do some post crop vignetting. And you have a bunch of sliders there. There's a mount and midpoint and roundness. And there's, there's sliders that you can play with that kind of help determine how smoothly the darkening goes from the edge to the middle. You can define how round it is. Should it be perfectly round? Should it be kind of an oval? Should it be vertical or, or horizontal oval? You can play around with it. Um, there's highlights, there's feathering. It, there's a lot of controls that can kind of do it there. And his question was about the style part of that panel. So towards the top of that panel, right under the word post crop vignette, you have the style line. To the right is a drop down. Highlight priority is probably there because that's the default. Then you, if you click on it, you get color priority and paint overlay as two other options. So let's talk about what each one of them do since that's the specific question. What are these modes? When would you use them? Highlight priority, you should think of it just like the highlight slider in the basic panel. If you want to recover highlights, which is how photographers like to speak as if everyone should know what that means. <laughs> if you recover highlights, which means you're going to try to take the very brightest parts of the photo and just make them a little bit darker, not affect the whole rest of the photo. Just take the very brightest parts and make them a little bit darker. That highlight slider and basic panel is very similar to the highlight priority in post crop vignetting. It will take the edges of the photo and start to darken the brightest parts of the photo in the edges. And that's how you're going to make it look a little bit darker on and apply a vignette. The challenge with it could be some color casting because it's not considering the colors. It's only considering the tones, the highlights, the very brightest parts of the picture. And it's going to darken those down. And as you get darker and darker and darker, then you end up getting more and more and more of the brightest parts of the photo until it can look totally black. And, but the colors may kind of get changed a little, it may sort of look like there's a color cast to the highlight priority vignetting. Not terrible usually. In fact, I, I use it a lot. I use highlight priority a lot because I, I don't think that the color casting problem is too much of a problem. But that is the potential impact would be that the colors may end up looking a little bit strange, a little bit different when you apply post-crop uh, vignetting with highlight priority. Color priority means it's going to darken the colors. It's kind of gonna overall darken everything, but it's also going to try to make the colors stay more true. So they're gonna stay, they're gonna stay the same color, really. It's not gonna cast it to look like a different color. It's just gonna make the color look a little darker than it was that you captured it. And again, when you take it all the way down, you can make it look black, or if you take it all the way up, you can make it look white, depending on what you're trying to do. Paint overlay is actually the third option that is left over from kind of the original uh, way that vignetting worked back in Lightroom 2. And 
you should think of it as if it doesn't care what's going over the top of the edges. It's just going to plain paint either black or white down and different transparencies. But it's just like you're applying paint over the top. You're not going to allow any of the color or photo underneath it to show through. It's just applying paint on the top paint overlay. It's a pretty good name, actually. Highlight priority and color priority. Those don't mean a darn thing, but paint overlay, I think you can envision <laughs> how it is that it would look like paint's been applied. Black paint or white paint has been applied to the edges. All right, so those are the three modes. I hope that helps in kind of deciding what it is. I've used highlight priority. I've used color priority. I never use paint overlay. <laughs> it's a legacy one that's there, and it's almost never what I'm shooting for. It's, uh, it's not really the look I'm after. Doesn't mean if you use it, that's wrong. I just personally don't use that in my in my uh, portraiture or my landscapes. I used to have a really high preference for color priority. I did, I tended to like how that looked better than highlight priority. Um, but it really, the distinction between the two is so small that unless you're really picky or you have a photo where there's like some specific thing where highlight priority looks terrible and then, and you switch it to color priority and you're like, oh, that's much better great. That's much better. You decided you liked that better. Awesome. If uh, so, but now you should consider why you like it better. And if you are looking at the edges and you're thinking, wow, why did that color, it just looks off now. The color has shifted. Then don't use highlight priority, go to color priority or vice versa. If you uh, think, wow, the, the whole thing is kind of getting darker, but I didn't really want to affect all of it. I really just wanted to affect the brightest parts use highlight priority and the vignetting. And of course, you're free to use paint overlay. If you don't like either one of those two, it may be worth a try to see if that's going to work for you. But honestly, I the one problem I have with post-crop vignetting, oh, oh, wait, before we go there, post-crop vignetting. I wanted to mention why it's called post-crop. Why is that there? What's post-crop vignetting about? It, that's, it's that it will follow your cropping. So there are some effects, lots of effects that you can apply in Lightroom, lots of effects you can apply in Photoshop, that after you've applied the effect, if you crop in, the effect won't follow. Uh, sometimes you don't want it to. If you did spot corrections, then you don't want it to change. You spot corrected a, per, a specific thing in the photo, and if you end up actually cropping that out, great. Now you didn't need it at all, but you don't want to have that spot move as you crop. That's exactly what the vignetting will do though. It will move as you crop. If you crop in, then you're vignetting exactly how you prescribed it, how you dialed it in with the different sliders will move with your crop. It will go into and be applied just as if you applied it to the whole photo before you cropped it. So it moves with you. That's what post-crop part means on the post-crop vignetting. Okay, that's probably obvious, but I thought I'd go through it. <laughs> now, the control that's missing to me, the thing that I, why I, I've actually tended away from doing vignetting in this way, you can't change where the vignetting centers to. It's always going to be vignetting exactly to the center of the photo. And how many times have we said, or have you heard, don't put your subject in the very, very middle of your photo. Yet that's exactly what this vignetting in the effects panel wants to do is center the photo, <laughs> make it so that your attention gets pulled to the exact middle of the photo. Not necessarily always bad, depends on your photo, of course. 
But most of my portraits where I want the vignette to happen is not, it doesn't fit. I frequently follow the rule of thirds mostly. I put people's eyes on a third line. I put the subject in a, a off center. And if you do post-crop vignetting, then you can't control that where the center should be for the vignetting. And so instead, I tend to use the radial filter tool instead. So that's up at the top, second tool from the right. If you go to the far right is the adjustment brush. The second tool from the right is the radial filter. And I'll use that to do my vignetting because I have a lot of control over how the vignetting gets applied. I have a control about where the center is. I can control the shape, size of it. Plus I get to control way more than just kind of those three modes and the feathering and everything that you have in the um, effects panel. I have exposure, contrast, highlights, I have clarity, I have dehaze, I have saturation. I have all of these sliders that I can use to help kind of bring the focus from the edges into the middle of the photo. And that's why I want to apply a vignette to my portrait. I want to help say, hey, brain, to every person who looks at it. Brain, you're supposed to look at this person. I, you don't really need to even notice the edges. You want to zero in on the person. And this helps. It helps to do that. The vignetting helps to do that. So I will use a radial filter a lot of cases. The other benefit to radial filter is that you have the brush feature inside the radial filter now. And you can go click on the brush. Uh, it's not a tab. <laughs> right up at the top of mask, you have uh, new edit and brush up there in the radial filter panel when you click on that. And you've applied the, the radial filter. After you've kind of got your effect in there, you've decided how much of the highlights you want to reduce or shadows or blacks or however you're applying your vignette with the radio filter. Uh, if you decide, well, I love all of it, except I don't want it applied to right here, this tree or the mountains or maybe the subject itself. You want to not have it be applied to part of the subject. You want to make sure that they're not being impacted at all but the rest of it kind of has this radio filter being applied. You can use brush and you can go then remove places where you want the filter to not even touch, or you can say that you want specific spot to be more impacted by the filter. Uh, the radio filter kind of does a gradient sort of thing, and it could be a little too light in some areas. And so you go and uh, apply the brush and say, I actually want you to more impact this area right here than you would have with the normal gradient pattern that the filter has. So I like it a little better just because it gives me more creative control about what it is that I'm going to do with my vignetting. And so I use that a lot. Sometimes that's not even what I want. Sometimes it's like, yeah, that's, that's really not what I need. I'm going to have to go into Photoshop because I need to do some masking. I need to use layers. I need to apply this uh, a bit more precisely than even the radio filter tool can do. So I try to stay out of Photoshop as much as possible just because it's faster to work through your photos that way, but it's there and it's much more powerful for giving you more control over affecting this stuff than you can get in Lightroom. So sometimes it just requires that and I take it into Lightroom and I can do either luminosity masks or other masking and uh, get it to be exactly what I want. 
All right. So there's the, that's what I have to say about vignetting. I, uh, I hope that you enjoyed the episode and I hope that you'll come and join us on the Facebook group and talk about the podcast, subscribe to the podcast and share it. That would be really helpful to me. We have thousands of photographers who listen every week, but we need more. So if you know a photographer or a budding photographer, turn them onto the podcast, help recruit them to be part of pod, uh, photo taco nation. And let's, uh, let's get everyone to listen every single week. Uh, also make sure to check out improvephotography.com and talk about it every episode. And there's good reason because it's a really great resource to improve your photography. Then there's the sister podcasts in the improved photography podcast network. There's tripod that focuses on landscape photography, portrait sessions that focuses on portraits, obviously, and the improved photography podcast, the original, the beast, the place uh, where we have really good, just general topic discussions about photography. Talk a little bit about the news occasionally, latest gear and other questions. It's a really good way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!